The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight is brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight. Jeff Shannon. Well, good morning. This is Sumner County Spotlight, and I'm Jeff Shannon, and welcoming you into this Sunday morning. Of course, our Sumner County Spotlight, sponsored by our friends at FNM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard, right here in Hendersonville, and at myfmbank.com. Well, this morning, we've got a, a very interesting topic. We're going to be talking with Tiffany Kelly. Now, she is with uh, TN Kids Belong. You're going to like this uh, this information we're going to have for you. She's been a professional in the child welfare system for over 15 years, and she's worked in the public and private sectors, including for-profit and non-profit organizations, uh, with a goal and passion to support and stabilize children and families. So, Tiffany, welcome into the show, and we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. So let's uh, let's kick it off and just kind of tell everybody who you are. Yeah, so as you said, I have been in the child welfare profession for over 15 years. Been involved in all forms of counseling women on uh, life plan of adoption or parenting, case management. I've worked for DCS in the past. I've seen some of the, the woes and just the heartbreaks of children in unsafe situations and had to place them in loving, wonderful foster homes, um, whether it's a temporary situation or onto a permanent family forever family situation. And I have also been involved in working for a group home uh, for teen women or teen girls that have behavioral challenges. And again, that that in its own self can be be very tiresome, but um, very rewarding um, seeing those girls move on and um, be successful. And like I said, just joined Tennessee Kids Belong within the last year amidst the pandemic. I'm one of the very few that probably was able to get a, a job that aligned with my passion and the vision of supporting children and families and really working to change that trajectory of foster care and the youth that are involved for success. So early on, what kind of, when did you first start really being attracted to the foster care system and the adoption process? Yeah, so I have always been involved with children, whether it's been working in a nursery, volunteering in some capacity, and worked actually in Hendersonville at uh, Black Eyed Pea when it first opened. Yes. I was in high school. <laughs> that was you? Um, yes, that was me. Um, those button-up yellow t- uh, long sleeve shirts sure were <laughs> the style back then. Um, but had a coworker who um, was pursuing foster care and just kind of would come in and, and talk to us a little bit about the challenges and the joys Um, and I was able to see his first placement and just realized that was something I wanted to do I wanted to be connected to the story of providing love safety a good home to kids that were in need 
Mm-hmm. And it started from there, and I didn't turn around and look mm-hmm. back. I just kept going. And So what was your first gig? I actually was a group home residential assistant, uh, and that was with the girls, teen girls, yeah. um, who had several behavior challenges. I think our youngest was like eight years old. Um, we worked sometimes with the immigrant population, too, um, but our oldest was 17. Some had developmental or intellectual disabilities, delays, really kind of was a mentor, somewhat of a mom figure, and then just did group work of counseling and case management and hygiene stuff, just mm-hmm. the basics that you don't realize that sometimes these kids don't have the knowledge or the capacity for. And two, I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, a lot of these kids, of course, to no fault of their own, have been thrust into this situation that they now have to survive in. And having folks that have compassion and caring about them because the emotional roller coaster they go through is just tremendous. I mean, you know, we've adopted three kids, so we kind of have some knowledge of, of some of this. And it's it's yeah. really, it's heart-wrenching to, to know that these kids have, they're supposed to be kids. Why should they have to go through all this? You know, because of some situation that uh, parents who shouldn't really be having kids anyway. I'll just throw it out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and two, we realize that a lot of times uh, these situations that happen with the parents are sometimes out of their control. Maybe they've got dependency issues and things that come about mm-hmm. and uh, the kids get pulled from that. And, you know, we can go on and on about all of the scenarios that, that, that happen. But I think, you know, having folks like you that, that really care, and they sense that. They, they know when somebody really cares or it's just a, you know, hey, it's just a job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mentioned my work with the Department of Children's Services in the past, and just, you know, you recognize and see some of these families that it's maybe generational, and they don't have the support system to really assist them to work through some dependency stuff, to work through some of the mental health. Sometimes it's just untreated issues that they don't have the wherewithal or the capacity to understand where to go to get those resources so when state can step in and things like that are taken into that situation our children have a lack of control and they get they are not choosing the home that they get to go to Mm -hmm. the state is Um, and and the state works to try to find kinship or relative placements but sometimes they go to strangers they go to individuals that they don't know the routine of the household. So you're going to see some of the struggle on top of just the trauma of, of leaving your school, leaving leaving your community. I mean, a lot of our kids, even in Sumner County, aren't placed in Sumner County because we don't have enough homes. Mm-hmm. So just the change in environment and friendships and things like that take place. The the kids, you know, are just trying to, you know, have a normal kid life. And, you know, some of them go through the process and age out and they just, they've kind of given up. And they, and of course, a lot of people think, well, all they want are babies. People just want babies. Well, <laughs> I mean, a lot of times that, that is the case, but there are those people who really will welcome, you know, an older child or would like that because they don't have to train them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and don't get me wrong. You know, we do have children in the system that are infants and that are toddlers, but the need is teens and it's sibling groups and it's large sibling groups. You know, if we have an infant that come in, comes into DCS custody, you know, DCS is saying they're coming with the 15-year-old brother or sister or additional siblings, eight, nine, you know, sometimes sometimes five or six 
um, deep in our sibling sets. Mm -hmm. So that's really the need. And and we want to place them together because the value and the relationship is so important when they're navigating some of the trauma of being removed. They can rely and lean on their siblings. Yeah. I mean, I know the the main goal is unification and and that's very important. You always want to try to get them back with their original family. But in a lot of cases, that's that's just not true. You know, people are in prison or, you know, a number of things that, that go on. But keeping the family groups, I think, is is so very important because you know it, it, that's all they know is family. Yeah, and especially if they're in the teens and you've got the whole you know little tiny ones all the way up, it, it's so important to do that. I know the governor just came out with a new initiative and some. T- can you tell us anything about that? Yeah. So um, Governor Lee has committed to really focusing on foster care and the family unit and the importance of really kind of putting the scope into that area and. We at Tennessee Kids Belong are leading that partnership along with Show Hope. Uh, We're just really bringing our faith community together. It's a a really call to action. Um, Tennessee Fosters Hope is the actual name of the initiative. And um, there's gonna be a lot more coming out of it. Um, It's a soft rollout right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But right now we're really just getting into our faith communities. We're talking to to them because on average, anywhere from 30 to 50% of foster families don't make it past a year. And what we've found is, while there's some great things, some of them are adoption and maybe some of them are life changes and and some things that may change in their situation, but it's also because there's a lack of support. It's burnout. So our challenge and our call to action is engaging our community. Our faith-based organizations and communities are some of the largest organized bodies of believers and individuals that want to do something, that they understand that there's a call to love on their neighbors. So this is one of those initiatives that we're we're going to be leading and kind of statewide going into our communities and then calling into action our our faith churches. So are you all a faith-based organization? We are not. Okay. So we are a macro level nonprofit organization that we work in four, four different spheres. We work in government, business, and faith-based, as well as the creative sector. But in doing the work, we recognize that we have to be involved in government and the faith-based organization. So we are not affiliated with any uh, faith-based organizations. Again, we're not a government agency, but we we are going to be involved in all those, and we understand the importance of speaking the language. Yes. Um, I just I was thinking, what is the actual vision of Tennessee Kids Belong? Yeah. So we have uh, several little you know, points within that larger scope of, and vision of Tennessee Kids Belong, and it's really, we want to make sure that all of our children have a sense of belonging. We want to make sure that we are capturing and getting them before they age out without a home, without a community that's supporting and loving on them. Um, in addition, we're wanting to support our foster families so that they can stay in it longer, they can commit to loving on these children longer, um, engaging our businesses and our faith community because when we have a, a foster-friendly community, foster parents are seen, they're heard, they're loved, they're supported, they recognize that the work that they're doing is valuable and honored, and in that turn, we'll stay in it longer. And then again, just just kind of that um, those harrowing statistics that you hear of our youth that when they age out, you know, nearly two out of three will become pregnant um, of our girls by the age 21. And, you know, one out of four in homeless and, and, you know, the the exponential risk to these youth of being 
involved in human trafficking. So, but if we can tie them to a family and tie them to a community, those, those statistics are going to be changing. Yes, absolutely. And when you start looking at these statistics, it's, it's kind of overwhelming and it's, it's, it's fascinating and sad sometimes that we actually have these statistics. Yeah. <laughs> even right here in Summer County. Yeah, absolutely. And even with the, the, the situation with the, the foster care system here in Sumner County, what kind of numbers are we looking at here? Yeah, so in Sumner County, we have the number of children in custody is about 107 at the mm-hmm. end of February. And then our foster home numbers, we have 79. So you can see yeah. <laughs> see the difference and you can see the need there. But we kind of look in that perspective of what what resources do we have? Well, we have over 150 churches in the area. And if we have 150 faith communities that can step up and have one family come out of there that will take one child mm-hmm. or a sibling group, yeah. we're going to have homes really ready and waiting the need versus our children are sitting and waiting for a family to step up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay. Well, we've got a lot more to talk about. We'll be right back after these words. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And welcome back to Summer County Spotlight. This is Jeff Shannon. We've been talking with uh, Tiffany Kelly with Tennessee Kids Belong and a fascinating organization. And let's find out more uh, about what it is that you do. And you guys are not uh, an adoption agency. Correct. So Tennessee Kids Belong, like I mentioned, we are that macro level nonprofit, really more of a agency that's about recruiting and generating awareness. So we don't take placements. We don't place children. Um, however, we are kind of like an information base. So if someone did want to foster, was interested in learning more about foster care, um, I actually moderate monthly virtual panels right now, um, foster care Q&As, and it's a place where these panels are anonymous. Individuals can come and just learn from some of the professionals on the panel. I make sure that we have someone from the Department of Children's Services, a, okay. a private provider agency, which is typically those adoption or foster care agencies that can speak to what private providers do as an extension of DCS. And then we always have foster adoptive families, former foster youth that join and talk about their personal experiences. Um, But it's a safe place to just learn about the system and they're statewide. We base everything off of the state right now because that's how policy and procedures work for anybody that's gonna be pursuing foster care adoption. So you have representatives in each part of of Tennessee, right? So you have a middle Tennessee, east and west and... Yes, yeah, so I actually am the community uh, relations coordinator for the middle Tennessee area, and then I have colleagues in other areas, but we really make sure that when I'm hosting these panels, I'm pulling from the entire state Mm -hmm. because everybody's a little different, everybody's experience is gonna be different, and some of our foster families use providers, and some of our foster families have are considered DCS homes. Mm-hmm. And from there, they just talk about their experiences. Again, it's a one-hour um, opportunity to learn more, and then what Tennessee Kids Belong does is we send out information afterwards for the next steps. So at that time, if an individual wanted to pursue foster care, they can go to what's called an informational meeting and start the required training of Tennessee Key. So Tennessee Knowledge Empowers You um, training and then again, become a foster adoptive home. 
So is that kind of like a map class? Yeah, yeah, that's the <laughs> right. old version. Yeah, okay. So it's actually been revamped. <laughs> okay. um, we formerly it was Path, but we I actually was teaching Map years ago, so I'm familiar <laughs> with that language. But now it's Tennessee Key. Knowledge empowers you, okay. and the curriculum that um, has. Uh, been revamped is really trauma-informed, recognizing that our youth have gone through lots of trauma, and we ourselves have to make sure that we've taken care of some of our own stuff before parenting, and then also uh, dives into some of that cultural awareness and a lot of the positive discipline strategies, learning about the system, um, how to be um, a, a work in partnership with DCS and other team members. I remember back when we were starting the adoptive process, and it was like, how are you supposed to learn all that? You know, I've never been a parent. There's no manual to, to be a parent, you know, but um, if somebody can't foster, what kind of opportunities are there to be involved in foster care? And what are like some of the steps that they would take to get involved? Yeah, absolutely. So we are firm believers that we understand not everybody is called to foster or adopt. Mm -hmm. but we are all called and can do something. So we have different opportunities within our organization to volunteer. Um, we have I Belong projects. We connect with different providers, community partners or DCS on donations, the need of the community. Um, sometimes there's a foster closet that might be running low on clothing or uh, bedding, hygiene items, things like that. So there's opportunities to be involved in that capacity. Um, there's also ways just to to find a, a local foster family, or if you know a foster or adoptive family, just love on them. Bring them a hot meal. Mm -hmm. um, one thing to recognize is a lot of our foster parents may start off with one or two kids in the morning, and by the end of the evening, they're gonna have five or six. Yeah. And the need and the expenses and everything increases. Now, the state covers, uh, yeah. they, they give it like a subsidy uh, to sure. help, help the parents and, and the families do this yeah and and it's not much they do um, have a reimbursement um, there sometimes might be a delay in that so the initial placement of a child is very important to again love and wrap around some of these families we are big advocates and an understanding that when a child comes into the home families need to really focus on spending time yeah and providing some boundaries and, and routine and really kind of working into that building rapport and, and establishing safety for that child. Sure. So to worry about a lasagna or something like that, um, we encourage our support systems to drop a meal off. Don't ask. Um, let me know when you can, or tell me how I can help you, or you know, let me know when I can do that. Just say, hey, I'm bringing a meal. When do you want it? Tuesday or Thursday? Yeah. And they're more likely to say yes. Sure. You know, the, the interesting thing I think a lot of folks don't know is that you're you're going through this uh, state organization. It doesn't cost you anything. No. And let me tell you something. And, and my friends, I remember way back when they would say, wow, they cost you like $40,000 to adopt because they would go to China and Guatemala and all these places and adopt kids they had no records on, no mm -hmm. history, anything. They would just take them out of an orphanage and they would spend 30, 40 grand going back and forth and flying and all of these expenses. And you don't realize this, folks, but it, it does not cost you anything. You get the training. They'll teach you. Yep. You know, child behavioral, you know, activities, how to do all of this. And that's the, the great thing about it. So you, you come into it with a lot more confidence in how to deal with uh, some of the, the situations these children are experiencing and that they've gone through. 
and you know there's there's plenty of uh, resources counseling yes. all of these issues that are there for you so you know it just doesn't make sense why you would spend that kind of money when you have somebody right here in the state and these kids need our help right here yeah absolutely it's one of those that I myself, I'm a parent. I'm not going to get it right every day, yeah, right. but I know that I can rely on some uh, some training resources. Yes. And so, um, I I've taught Tennessee Key classes before. I have taught the extra training that's required um, after approval, and the classes are are valuable. They provide great understanding and equip you to be ready for some of the challenges. Now, again, like you said, there isn't a manual that says. Mm-hmm. Hey, if A happens, mm-hmm. you know B is going to be the right thing. It's it is trial and error, sure. but the resources that you have at your fingertips are are key. Yeah, and I think that the thing, and I know you have things in place for those individuals who might want to take advantage of this because of the money they would get as Absolutely. subsidy. And they, so there, it, it's not anybody can just walk in and say, "Hey, I want a bunch of kids." You know, it's not doesn't work that way. Absolutely. Um, one of my previous jobs was a home study writer, and that is the process to go through after training. Um, it's interviewing, it's background checks, it's walking through someone's home, making sure maybe outlets are covered, maybe the pool lock um, mm-hmm. cover. Um, Maybe we need to make some adjustments for the rooming situation. How many kids can stay in one room? Different questions like that are oftentimes part of that process. That evaluation is really to determine the suitability of the family to meet the needs of the children that are coming into custody. And, you know, there are a lot of cases, you know, where they've gotten a child that is taken into custody and they have no place to put them. And some of these kids, they'll be sleeping right in the office on a cot or in a chair until they can get them placed. And, you know, so the the, the process is is, is pretty interesting, but, you know, you've been doing this long enough where you have things worked out uh, to make everything come out good in the in the end hopefully yeah <laughs> a lot of cases we um, have lots of resources and the community has stepped up too. foster parents themselves step up um, we have isaiah 117 house we have a lot of different resources in the community that they recognize okay we don't want a kid sitting in a cubicle waiting for the placement worker to mm-hmm. find a home so sometimes we have some opportunities to utilize some of those community resources yeah. um, we don't have um, some of sometimes the misconception is I'll take the child right now because I don't want him sitting or her sitting in the office. We don't really have homes like that. When we make a placement, we want the placement to be the placement. Yes, you don't want to move them around. No. <laughs> and, and statistically, and kind of when you, when you learn in your Tennessee key classes and some of the education that you'll you'll learn that a disruption or a movement from, for a child, every every significant movement, a child will regress six months. And that's the last thing we want to add to a, you know, a child having to navigate dealing with mental health stuff or trauma. And then we're going to move them and have to deal with some of the regression stuff. So. Yeah. And, you know, now there are group homes. I mean, you have uh, certain requirements where kids can go into a group home. There's age limits in there, too. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, there's age limits. There's developmental limits. Um, again, we're the the use of group homes, the use of even facilities, residential facilities, there's a lot more um, parameters, guidelines, um, and measurable 
needs that will determine whether or not that's an appropriate placement. We have a lot of foster families that will say yes um, to a child or to, you know, a couple children and they may sleep on the couch for the weekend Mm -hmm. just so that we can have some time to find other families. And I think a lot of people have seen that the vision where the, the child is being moved from a facility or coming into carrying a plastic bag. Everything they own is in that little bag. Yeah. So donations like suitcases yes. would, would be an item that they yeah. would love to have, you know? Yeah, children um, children have to actually move between seven different homes every two years. So what we're looking for is homes that can maintain that placement and avoid the moving. And like you said, the trash bag situation, the trash bags that are coming with the kids aren't because the worker didn't try to find one. It may be that they didn't have one, or maybe the situation Mm -hmm. was unsafe and they had to do what they needed to do at the time. But we have wonderful agencies and resources in the community like Love on Wheels. Um, You know, that's an opportunity when a child's placed, the foster parent can call an organization and a suitcase shows up full of hygiene items, pajamas. You know, they may say, what, what, What's the child's favorite color and bed sheets show up that color yeah. so there's a lot of uh, community partners that are stepping up and doing that so work. you have a lot of resources to to help out the the foster families uh, and the kids so it, it's sometimes not enough but it's it's something there to to assist them get through this yeah and tennessee kids belong actually has recently launched the foster friendly app it's an app for foster parents to utilize Mm. to find community resources um, to locate businesses that might offer discounts or will honor the fact that they're fostering and give free birthday parties or Mm -hmm. a birthday cake for any foster youth in their home. It's just a centralized location where foster parents can go and even businesses can go download it. They can go on it and put whatever discount and offering they'd like to give. Nice. Love that. What if somebody uh, didn't really want to foster, but could they foster to adopt? Is is that in place here in Tennessee? So Tennessee actually um, is a foster to adopt state. So if you decide that you want to adopt, um, the requirement for that in the state of Tennessee is that you foster six months before an adoption. Now, people often say, okay, great. You know, six months, I'm six months in, now I can adopt. Um, There's a lot of different uh, guidelines and procedures that Will take place, sure. um, but we are a foster to adopt state. Nice, love that. Hey, listen, we're going to take a break again right now. We've got uh, a lot more to cover. We're going to talk more with Tiffany about her experiences and some other projects and uh, programs in place with uh, Tennessee Kids Belong. So we'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. All right, we're back here at Summer County Spotlight. This is Jeff Shannon welcoming you in, and uh, we're talking all things uh, foster care and adoption right now. We're talking with Tiffany Kelly, and she is with the Tennessee Kids Belong. And we were talking a little bit before uh, about some of the processes that that go on, and some of the kids that are are there, and some that are available for adoption right now. Yeah, so at any given time in Tennessee, there are approximately 350 children that are eligible for adoption. And what Tennessee Kids Belong does is we have work and uh, partnership with videographers and other creatives through our I Belong project. This um, is an area where we use high quality videography to give children in foster care a face and a voice. 
Um, we use these vid videos as individual recruitment tools. So you will see them on our website. You will see them on Facebook pages, on our social media. We encourage the community to share these. But the project day is, it's probably one of the best days, but it's also one of the most um, heart-wrenching and impactful days. We interview kids. We ask them what they like. Um, we ask about their hobbies. We really try to make it a day about them honoring their identity, who they are. So we'll play games outside and play cards and anything that they like, crafts. And we partner with a heart gallery and take photographs. They get a photograph of themselves to take with them. And we really just talk to them. Um, the interview consists of some questions like, you know, what are your three wishes? And, you know, if you could have anything in the world, what would it be? And oftentimes the answer is family. Yeah. Um, specifically, I can recall one day we interviewed a 15-year-old girl. And uh, her response to one of our coworkers was um, she wanted a family. But after that, she said, this has been the best day ever. Y'all get me. Y'all understand <laughs> me. Um, you know, we, we really make it impactful. And so hearing those words, yeah. um, you know, it's one of those things you think, yes, we've achieved what we needed to achieve. But then we realized this is half the battle. Yeah. Now we want to get that child and that 15-year-old girl into a home. The stories that just what I've experienced in, in our our process with the you know the adoption and foster care process it, it gets very emotional yeah. and you know there's a lot of good success stories but there there are those that are, are not uh, so nice but it's the experience I think looking back over the past twenty something years that we've been involved with it uh, I wouldn't change a thing. I mean, it was all very positive. You know, we helped some some kids. And I think if anybody's out there considering fostering and uh, becoming an adoptive parent, you know, don't hesitate. I mean, the lives that you're going to change by doing that, again, getting these kids the, the sense that they belong, that Absolutely. they're loved, and that they have a family. That's really all they want. Yeah. Forget about stuff. I remember our little one, we would buy her things. And she goes, that for me? Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't things, you know. Yeah. It, it was the 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 bond of the family, the connection, and they're that they're cared yeah. for. Yeah, and and what we have seen with this I Belong Project video is is that that's that's the commonality. It's that sense of belonging. Um, even to date, more than fifty five percent of the four hundred and seventy five children that we have videoed are now in their forever home. That's so nice. we 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 encourage those individuals that kind of say maybe foster care. It, I can't love and let go. You know, I'd consider maybe adoption only. We have children that are available for adoption. Mm -hmm. um, you can go to our website. You can watch videos. You can see the personality. You can hear their their sense of longing and belonging, and you can inquire there. Well, listen, as a, uh, a faith-based leader in the community, how would the churches get involved in this process? Yeah, that's a great question. So with the initiative and even the work that Tennessee Kids Belong does, we are believers in the wraparound ministries and the wraparound resources. So supporting our families, seeing them, loving on them, and wrap. Yeah, um, standing what, what's, for, a rap, what's a rap team? Rap <laughs> is acronyms. So, um, you know, anything with government and, and you know, kind of tying into, we want to short it, short
shorten it and make it quick and easy so and catchy. So RAP stands for uh, Words of Encouragement, Respite or Relief Care, and then A is Acts of Service, and P is Prayer. And so this is a model um, that we have been implementing in churches for the last four years, over four years, that has been successful in partnering a team of individuals, volunteers, that just want to support foster families in the work that they're doing. Mm -hmm. So we have PowerPoints and frameworks and trainings that we can resource uh, faith communities and faith leaders, and they can take that and really adapt it, make it their own. It's it's flexible model. I myself work with several churches across the Middle Tennessee area in in helping them implement some of these things, um, implementing the RAP ministry, implementing maybe a support group, different different components. Um, Tennessee Kids Belong has a lot of different resources on our website for faith leaders and faith communities all that they need to do is go on the website download the link reach out to me and i can really assess and walk through what's best and feasible for their congregation and members well look with all of the churches we have here in sumner county and you said it was 164 and it keeps growing yeah if every one of these congregations adopted a child we would not have any in custody yeah if they took care of a family that that had one kid or a family that had a sibling group Mm -hmm. and and that's that's what we see the success in our foster families um you know we had i had a uh, a foster mom share with our team that she was walking her child into the community and was kind of like a a strip area where there's shopping stores storefronts and the parking was in front of a of them and so she was trying to put her child in the car seat and it was just a bad day you know mm-hmm. like sometimes you fight those kids to get in the car seat they don't want to be restricted yeah. and she she was just it was a bad day it was it was a struggle and she said she had turned and looked at the storefront and we have uh, a sticker that goes to all of our businesses that are foster friendly and offering discounts or support or HR policies whatever it is supporting foster families we have a sticker and that sticker was in the window and she said the minute she saw that, she felt loved, she felt seen, she felt equipped, honored. And so she was able to take a deep breath and thought, <laughs> I can do this and, and went on her way. But that's the goal. And that's the way our we've seen our faith communities rally around these families mm-hmm. the same way they're seen. Sometimes it's hard to get to church because kids are going to have bad days. So if we're not training our staff in the ministries, the youth groups, the, the nurseries, um, even just our our congregants in the language of foster care. Sure. Our, our families aren't going to show up. Well, I think it's so important, that, especially the children at such a young, young age, they need that interaction with faith-based organizations so that they can, whatever, which way they decide to go, but at least they're armed with the, the knowledge and how they can help them. Plus, your church community is there in addition to what you all offer and the other agencies offer on support that they can be there as their church family as well. Yeah. I think the underlining thing in all of this is it's that hope. Mm-hmm. And our kids have hope. Our families have hope for these kids. Our communities want these kids to be successful. We want our families to rally around them. And we want we want reunification. At some point, we hope that our foster families connect with biological families and yes. mentorship and and provide those resources. So ultimately, our, our kinship families, our bio families are feeling loved, wrapped, and supported just like our foster families so that we're not seen 
kids come into custody because we're seeing biological families that are struggling with mental health or mm-hmm. dependency rely on the supports and resources around them. Yeah, and, and there's probably two two ways of thinking on this, but I think it's so important that these these children know where they came from. Yeah, absolutely. What their, what their scenario was that put them in where they're at now so that they can understand that. Now, you know, you, you feed them as the age appropriate, it goes on, as, and, and when they get 18, they do whatever they want and whether they want to reach out and find their biological parents or stuff. But I know from day one, we always were up front, you know, explained to them what the situation was that brought them to us and, you know, why we did, because, it, you know, it's like they were born to us, really. And there's, yeah. I don't see any difference, yeah. you know, biologically or not, because you've, you've grown up with them and taught them. It's like part of your body, and that's yeah. how it is. Absolutely. The the foundation and the question where you came from is so valuable to these kids and being able to tell their full story at the level that they want to tell it is is so impactful. I had some former work where we did some post adoption services mm-hmm. where if if individuals came back looking for their biological family, we did some resourcing and connecting and things like that. And every single one that came back, it was, I just want to know where I came from. I, I don't even know, have to know why. I just, mm-hmm. just want to know where. Yeah. And, and it's just being able to see those connections. It's very beautiful. You see mm-hmm. a, an adult really find themselves and you can kind of tell that they're more equipped to handle the struggles and challenges of the world. Because if I know where I came from, I know how to continue on. We even told uh, our oldest one that they wanted to do the DNA Okay. They want to know, okay, what's my ancestry? What is all that? You know, once you get to, to, to that age, then we'll go ahead and do that for you. So you you know kind of where you came from. Yeah, I mean, and health things yes, that might come up. absolutely. And, and DCS discloses everything that they know, but they're not going to know everything. Exactly. And sometimes um, that's challenging for foster parents to take on because the unknown is fearful. But recognizing, and, and I think if you talk to any foster parent, they will say, yes, it's scary. Yes, yeah. I've had bad days, but it's so worth it. It's so rewarding, and to see the youth overcome even just some of the baby steps of, you know, maybe it's now they they know proper hygiene, or now they know when they get angry, they know how to self-regulate because we've been able to equip them and teach them as foster parents do. Yeah. Well, and I think a, a lot of cases out there where you don't know really, like say, the medical condition of the children or what their background is, or what those kinds of things. But just so people know, your dental, medical, prescription, it's all covered. Yes. We have very little, very few times have we had to pay for a prescription that maybe wasn't covered, but that was very minimal. But it, and, and you take into account somebody that maybe has some medical issues. I mean, this is a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's been awesome. We haven't paid anything in 20 years. The state does as as much as they can, recognizing that this is not a perfect system. And it's phenomenal because we were in Florida when all this happened, went down, and it transferred up to Tennessee. A very easy, I I didn't know it was going to happen, but all of the the benefits followed. We just, you know, fill out the paperwork and switched it to Tennessee. So if that's the case where you maybe have to move out of a state, just so you know. Yep. Opportunities, opportunities. (laughs) And they they make it so easy. I mean, it is a process. It's an emotional process. There are some some hoops you have to jump through, rightly so, but it is is totally, totally worth it. Well, we're coming up on on to our our next break here. Yeah. Guess what we're going to talk about next? I don't know. What? I'm not going to tell you. Ah! 
We'll be right back after these words. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Welcome back this Sunday morning to Sumner County Spotlight. Uh, this is Jeff Shannon, and we've had a very interesting uh, conversation with Tiffany Kelly with the uh, Tennessee Kids Belong organization. And, oh, I mean, the, the information is just fabulous, and if you're considering adopting or a foster care, you've got to reach out to these folks because they just have tons of resources that are available. We're going to start off and, and talk to Tiffany about how businesses can get involved. And so, Tiffany, tell us a few things that uh, businesses and how, how they can help us here. Yeah, so I mentioned some of the statistics, and they're just harrowing when you look at youth aging out of care without a family or sense of a belonging. And we talked about the supports and things like that. But we have the vision at Tennessee Kids Belong to make Tennessee the most foster-friendly state as it relates to our business community and that all youth have that family and sense of belonging because they're seen by their community and the businesses there. So our foster-friendly app I mentioned before is an app where foster families can go and find resources and um, businesses that really see them and love them and offer them discounts, um, whether it's a discount package to the zoo or maybe it's a free birthday cake for any foster youth in care or it might be a you know movie night for foster parents because they recognize not only do kids need something to do, parents need to yes. do something. Um, and so part of that is getting our businesses involved. And businesses have really stepped up. Um, we have over, I think we're at over 160, 165 right now of the business community um, on the app. And they're, they're donating all different ways. And businesses can go to our website and learn more about how to impact the community. What is that website? TNKidsBelong.org. <laughs> Say that real fast. Yeah, right. <laughs> and um, go to the business drop-down page, and you can apply now in, on the website. Mm -hmm. And it also adds other ways. So um, maybe you are a business that can't offer that type of discount or service at the time. Mm -hmm. We have opportunities for you to step in and maybe impact your own employees, adding HR policies that honor individuals that are in your in your business that are fostering or adopting. Maybe it's impacting future so if you can offer a internship or mentorship to our aging out youth or yes, youth that yeah. choose to stay in custody um, so the state has what's called extension of foster care or independent living sometimes people hear that kind of uh, language as well but youth have the option of staying in and there's some requirements there's some school stuff there's grades and eligibility and things like that that are tied to that but these youth are those youth that we want to make sure that we're resourcing and wrapping around as a community what about jobs is there a, like a job app or, or something in there for it, them um, so we actually have them complete and in kind of an inquiry and we connect them to the business. So they are working with whatever private provider or DCS representative um, to stay in foster care, extension of foster care. And we will connect them with businesses that are wanting to offer jobs, internships, mentorships. A lot of these youth don't know how to act in a, in a business or maybe need some life skills, some job skills. A prime example is Paul Mitchell offers a scholarship for, for yeah, youth that awesome. want to 
to come in and and do more of the hair and, and things like that. So they offer those opportunities to walk alongside that youth, sculpt and provide resources and life skills on top of some of those business skills. Because again, they're gonna be the next generation working. They're gonna be our future. So we wanna make sure that the businesses that are signing up for this, we give them trauma training. We we educate them on what they're getting into. So we, we resource them um, and there's a lot of other resources on our webpage that they can access as well. So what if the kids uh want to go to college afterwards yeah uh, community college or state college how, how does that work here um all of those are opportunities and there's um colleges are paid for there's different grants there's different scholarships there's all sorts of things i will say what i have seen in the extension of foster care and a lot of my um uh, counterparts at the state or other programs trade schools are so important and so valuable yes. and we need more of our trade schools mm. to step up because um, a lot of these kids they may not want to be the CEO of a company, mm-hmm. but they may want to work on cars. Um, yeah. You know, they want to they want to learn how to build things with their hands. Um, so trade schools are super important that we're really trying to um, bring awareness to the need. Yeah, I mean that's again, folks. I'm telling you, everything's paid for, even even their, their college tuition, which is a game changer. I mean, it's it's so phenomenal that this is available to these folks and. So what are some of the uh, key businesses that you would like to attract? Yeah, so we have several different businesses in the community that have stepped forward. Bakeries, dental offices, wow. things like that that yeah. you wouldn't even think. Um, but we really would love auto auto dealerships or discount tires and things like that, those those types of businesses, because what we're seeing is some of our foster families aren't able to take sibling groups because they may have a smaller car. And so if mm-hmm. we can kind of peruse that business world of, would you be willing to you know, uh, upgrade a, a foster family for a short period of time while they cared for this sibling group of five or six? Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna see more foster families say yes. Yeah. Um, and so we, and auto care is, is one of those things as, <laughs> As a parent, that's probably the last thing on my list is the oil change and things like that. And if we can really kind of bring more light to that, we'll see some changes. And I'm sure there's some uh, business folks out there that have donated a a van. I mean, vans come in handy when you have multiples. (laughs) Absolutely. And we've had, we've, we've had foster families that have reached out to us and said, we've taken this we don't have the capacity can do you know of a business mm-hmm. and so we reach out to those businesses individually and we've had a van donated a 15 15 passenger van wow. was donated at one point nice. um and it it's just it's a blessing and that foster family could take care of <laughs> all the things um yeah. and not have to worry about you know you go here i go here who's going to watch these children because we can't take everybody but again other ways they can donate we have uh sponsorships um, you can sponsor an I Belong Project video shoot that I mentioned about the children that are av- uh, eligible for adoption. Yeah. You can um, sponsor a youth in our Youth Ambassador Program, where that youth is going to be somewhat of an advocate and in going into the community and, and really highlighting their experience and recruiting and really kind of talking to families um, and doing the work. The uh, Impact of Future Program, You, re- I guess we might have touched on that for those that are aging 
uh, out of the foster care system. Now, a lot of times, folks, you have to realize these children possibly have been in foster care most of all of their lives. And if they have not been adopted, I mean, they, they have a foster care family, but it's not the same yeah. as having your, your very own family. So what are some of the programs, uh, again, that we can touch on with that? Because I think that's so important that they, they know how the kids aging out are going to handle this. Yeah, so I mentioned the extension of foster care. Um, That program offers um, different resources, and COVID has Mm. kind of presented some of the challenges. I know peer groups aren't meeting like they used to, and some of the things that were going on are a little bit more challenging with COVID. But there's the connection to jobs, life skills, uh, really schooling is very important, you know, but they're they're having to live on their own. So they've got to figure out how do I how do I pay my bills and how do I go to school at the same time and how do I use a checkbook? Exactly. Or credit cards. Exactly. So there's a lot of uh, community resources and programs that are connected to the extension of foster care independent living program. But what we've seen is that gap of really training them in the workforce, the mentorship. Um, oftentimes, if we can connect a child to a business where someone really has that passion to have an individual meet some successful milestones, we're going to see that youth be more successful in every area because you're not just mentoring them and how do you, you know, how do you change the tire? It might be, you know, how do you deal with the challenging moments when that tire's not working and you're frustrated and you're emotional? You just take a break and we walk away and try again. So things like that. Well, I mean, there've been some stories. We've had individuals that they get out there and they've, don't even know how to make spaghetti or even boil water. I mean, these, these are real stories where they go, I don't, she, you know, left the spaghetti sauce out on the counter after opening it and it got mold on it. So what am I supposed to do with this? You know, those life skills I think are so important. And all of this, this training and the resources are there, you know, even if the foster parent really didn't know how to handle that part of it, you can contact, you know, the agencies and and the resources are there to teach these uh, children life skills. And I think that is, is so very important. Even, using a debit card or how to get a debit card or getting their learner's permit. All of these things are, are so vital that most of them have never been trained in. So it's great that those resources yeah. are there. And it's easier to buy in as a, as a teen or as a youth when you have someone outside supporting that, that effort, you mm-hmm. know, having these children, you know, haven't been able to find their forever family. So sure. having a mentor or that internship where there's a, a a business community around them and a business member there seeing them and saying, I'll walk alongside you in this, they're much more likely to do the work. Yeah. So if a a child is in foster care, and let's say as a foster care family as well, you've, you've had this child for many years, and you know, you didn't really go into it with the idea that you were going to adopt, you were just fostering. But if it came to that point where you go, well, he's getting ready to to age out, you know, we don't want you to say, here's your bags, bye-bye. Right. They could adopt that child. Yeah, and in being a an older teen, they have the opportunity to decline. Sure. And we've seen youth that have said, you know, that's just not for me, but I would love to stay and be a part of the family. So we, we, we want families like that too, yeah. though. And, and we honored that some families say, well, we can't adopt, but we'll forever be that home that you can return to. Sure. And, and many, many times we've seen kids that have aged out of foster care, have stayed with some of those foster families and have gone to school or have gone and, 
to the workforce, but they can come back for Christmas. Or or the yeah. day that that flat tire happens, they can call them and say, come help me change this flat. You know, things like that. So we've, we've been able to see those things. Well, there's so many, you know, great aspects uh, to the adoption and foster care programs. And, you know, I think the, the governor really stepping up and doing this initiative is really going to kind of bring some focus to this. And let's get it to a point where we really don't have kids in foster care. Yeah. And I mean, that would ultimately be the the goal. It's not gonna happen, but you know, there's just too many scenarios going on. But just to know that we have these resources in in your all's agencies and the the other agencies that are there to to assist these children, it's just so, so vitally important. It is. And you'll hear countless times from our director and my colleagues at Tennessee Kids Belong that while we are here to recruit foster families, it's it's irresponsible of us to recruit foster families without recruiting the resources and the support system to walk the life with them. Sure. And so that's why we come at it as we're going to recruit, but we're we're also going to pull in our community, our support systems, and build and provide all of our resources of wraparound ministries, belong series, the app. Um, all the impact of future programs. We're really diving into this in a way where it's a holistic approach to change the narrative of foster care. Right. Okay. So here, here's the, the main important thing. If somebody wanted to talk to you about this, what, what's your phone number? My phone number is 615-767-3919. And she'll give you all the information that you need. And you can go to the website, which is tnkidsbelong.org. Okay. And if they wanted to, I guess they can just donate. If somebody's listening right now has been moved to the point where I would just want to help out and make a donation. Yeah. I guess they can go to the website as well. And there's links there. Yes. All of our resources are online. Um, My email is tkelly at tnkidsbelong.org. You can always email me, call me. I am available by text, email, or call. Yeah, that's that's the way to do it. I mean, you got to have it available, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, you've got tons of resources. And and folks, I can tell you from experience that you know having these resources available to you uh, is just invaluable. And you know, the experience of doing it, if you're if you're considering it, you've kind of been on the fence about the uh, adopting or even it, being a foster family please consider it. And if you just need more information, get a hold of Tiffany and she'll be able to educate you and and really help you out. And Tiffany, I I appreciate you so much for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. We definitely have some events coming up. So I encourage anybody to go to our website, check out the events page and learn more there too. Absolutely. So that's uh, Tiffany Kelly with Tennessee Kids Belong. Thanks. (laughs) A lovely organization. Uh, So that's going to wrap it up here for our Sumner County Spotlight for this Sunday. This is Jeff Shannon. We will see you next week. Oh, by the way. This uh, podcast will drop Monday morning. It'll come a little after 8 o'clock, so it'll be up there forever, and you can go back and listen and listen and listen. So check that out. So we appreciate that, and we'll see you next time on Sumner County Spotlight. Sumner County Spotlight on 100.7 WHIN 1010 AM has been brought to you exclusively by F&M Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, a home mortgage, or considering refinancing your home, F&M Bank will provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 AM. Thanks for listening.